listeners. This is Lisa DeLay, and you're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 150, Breadcrumbs of Love. So this is Soul School 150, and I've done 171 regular episodes with guests. That's a lot of episodes. And I was looking at iTunes, and I was noticing that they only put on episodes from 2019 and 2020. So if you're a new listener in the last year or two, make sure you go to sparkmymuse.com and check out 320 episodes or so by going through the archives or putting in a keyword in the search and finding all sorts of things, all kinds of fascinating guests. You can go to some of my favorite or top episodes in a certain section there, and you'll find so much more. Back in 2006, I began in earnest to start writing, mainly to a Christian audience to encourage and edify them. But that broadened over the years to just wanting to share wisdom and also trying to be a better listener, to listen to people from all different kinds of faith and spiritual traditions, listen and learn and pass on what I could. When I went to seminary, graduate school, it was in order to get trained formally in spiritual formation, not to be a church pastor, to be a companion with those fellow pilgrims also seeking to grow spiritually, to find out more about the big questions of being and of meaning in life, to heal from trauma. And so now as I move into this year of my life, 2020, and I'm writing a book, with Broadleaf, which is an imprint of 1517 Media. It had been Fortress Press. I'm really delighted to share a number of things with you. Existentialist philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre once said in his play where three people were trapped forever with each other. The play was called No Exit, and he wrote the script that had one of the characters saying, hell is other people. This has been misconstrued through the years of what this can possibly mean. And I think I've also even misconstrued it in my interpretations of it, too. He was speaking of how we are trapped by subjective judgments of other people. What these three people find as they're trapped together, they realize, oh, hell isn't fire and brimstone like we were told. Hell is just sitting with other people together forever and knowing that their presumptions and subjective opinions couldn't be changed and we would be stuck with them on and on forever. And I think maybe he saw a reflection of that in his own experience. And what it makes me think of is how we do community, how we live together with others or avoid them, how we have trouble in relationships, how we long for relationships that are deep and reciprocal, how much we long to be known and have relationships that are sustaining and encouraging and and bring life into our lives. I think one of the most awful things about other people is how much they can mirror what we don't like about ourselves right back to us in an unvarnished version, showing our blind spots to us in ways we feel discomforted by, in ways we don't like. And it seems that if somebody else bothers us a great deal, and we're taking it too personally, it's because they are tipping us off to something we would rather not see in ourselves, which is just the reason why you would want to have other people in your life. 
we are spiritually formed by other people and we can be traumatized by them too and malformed. But in the best of circumstances with the Holy Spirit helping us and guiding us and with the help and support of faithful friends in our lives, no matter who is in our life with us that gives us trouble or throws up obstacles in our path, these people can be teaching tools for us, reflecting the imperfections in our own life, although we can't do anything about what those people think or feel or how they behave necessarily. We could put up our own boundaries, but we can work on how we respond to them, our attitudes towards them, and therefore our attitudes and our responses to ourselves, maybe the things we're ashamed of or we're hiding or we're disgusted by. In the end, we can't avoid ourselves. Other people will mirror ourselves back to us or we'll be put in situations where our frailties will be shown to us over and over again. I love how in the epistles in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul speaks to these small churches, but really to all of the people who want to follow Christ and be changed into the likeness and image of Christ. He advises and admonishes them of how to be with each other, how to act around each other, and how to become people set apart for God's good work. In Ephesians 4, 2 through 7, Paul says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ, Paul says, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and living through all. He doesn't say living through all Christians, living through all people in the church. He just says all. I'm not sure that we understand that very fully. I think we might put ourselves up on a pedestal sometimes and think we have the secret sauce as Christians. As we look carefully at ourselves and carefully at how we interact and cannibalize each other, I don't think we act any better off than anybody else. One of the ways we know we are growing in spiritual maturity and a healthy spiritual formation is by reflecting on whether the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives. Now, it's easy to judge other people and say, this fruit of the Spirit isn't in them. Every time we do that, it's a deflection. It's our way of saying, I'm not like that. I don't need to work on myself. And so I would suggest that before you ever look at someone else to inspect their fruit, that you consider how many blind spots there are for your own. As I speak for myself, I know when I read through the fruit of the Spirit, I see there is so much room for improvement. There is so much room 
to be in greater intimacy with God and allow the Holy Spirit to take over every part of my life and change me completely into having the mind of Christ and into having these fruit of the Spirit in abundance. I'm going to read to you this very wonderful portion of the letter to the Galatians, which is Galatians 5, 22 through 26 is what I'll read. And this has been something I try to keep very close to me because I've realized that God has deposited the Holy Spirit within me and with anyone who is receptive to God doing this. God is always at work. He's at work in you and he's at work in everyone to some degree. We have a chance to run off. We have a chance to block. We have a chance to disobey at every turn and harden our hearts. But when we relent, God softens us and gives us new life. And these are the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited, or provoke one another, or be jealous of one another. When we have those fruit of the Spirit, they counteract all the opposites. Instead of the opposite of gentleness, of course, is brutality and harshness. The opposite of self-control is being other-possessed or dominated mentally, emotionally by someone else or something else. One of the things I want to make sure is is present in my life and present in the lives of people that I companion is times of rest and rejuvenation, times where the spiritual practices we might be doing, such as prayer, Bible study, get a chance to happen in their own setting and their own environment with the support and help of others. And that's why this June 2020, I'm having an event in New Mexico. I'm so excited about this event. There are some people signed up already, but there's still some spots left. If you message me, I can give you a discount code to save $50. If you want to find out more about this event, go to sacredspacessantafe.eventbrite.com and see what's in store. It's a very reasonable price for two nights, all the meals included, and we will be spending time there pulling back and resetting ourselves to a different kind of time, to a different kind of space in our lives, in our inner worlds for inner stillness that sustains us for the long term, that sustains us for the trials and tribulations, for the activism, for being receptive to all the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to cultivate and grow in our lives. The last thing I want to share with you today is a little short story I wrote I had a dream, actually, and this is riffing off of that dream. 
I have really strange dreams. Sometimes they're lucid dreams, and sometimes they have to do with things I've been thinking about, and they kind of get new life within dreams, and then from those dreams I can craft a story or something like that. I already posted this story on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse, where you can find posts that I do and also all of the extras for every single episode. To access that, it's a dollar a month, but there are plenty of things that are there for free to resources and posts and things that you're welcome to read whenever you'd like. But I want to take this time to ask you to please contribute what you can to my work, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can. I lose money every single month creating my work. So anything you contribute makes a really big difference in paying the bills. Okay, it's story time. Imagine for a moment that you arrive at your afterlife. God appears to you as a human, so as not to terrify you or disintegrate you. And God appears to be ready to tell you something. Then a little suddenly, God starts clapping and laughing with total joy. Finally says, this is so wonderful. You did it. You made it home. I'm so happy. So guess what? This is paradise. Do you realize fully what this means? You don't. You haven't figured out what to say, but you've decided the afterlife is sort of fun and suspenseful so far and in a good way. God continues. Do you really know Do you get it? You shrug. God throws back God's head and lets out a joyful moan. Ah, I can make anything. I can make this part anything you want for as long as you want. You stand there blinking in shock. God has been bouncing eyebrows excitedly, rubbing hands together and adds, it's okay. Don't worry. This is all for you. It's totally approved, obviously. Maybe you didn't think it would be this way. I have gotten the worst public relations on earth that you could ever imagine. I'm super fun. Seriously. Okay, so just think about it for a second. Let's fit the pieces together. I love you so much. And I invented, inspired, came up with literally everything you've ever liked that you've known, learned of, or wanted to experience. All those things, I thought those up for you to enjoy. For instance, sunsets. I figured that out. How wonderful babies smell in their little necks. That was me. The way you love eating sweet and salty things at the same time. You're welcome for that. It's delicious. I know. The feeling of pure euphoria, like orgasms. Yep. Also me. When I give something to you, it's always good. Now you get whatever you really liked or whatever you couldn't get a chance to enjoy on earth because we can invent it from scratch. You stand there in stunned surprise. I mean it, really, I'm serious, anything. I'm so excited for you. Behind that door, God points to a door, is, well, everything your heart most desires has ever longed for. 
anything you've always missed out on, anyone you've ever missed who's crossed over, you can see them again. God pauses for you to take in what was said and then adds, I already know every single thing you want or feel you need the most because I've always been with you. And I know you inside and out completely. I get you. You stand still, blinking in shock. The idea that you're not dreaming is taking hold. And it's an exciting idea. But you sense there's a second part coming. Yes, there's a second part coming, says God. Everyone gets a choice. You can have all this right now. There's a pregnant pause. There's some suspense mounting right now. I realize this, says God, but it's a big deal. So I want to make sure you understand. You can go through the door to your paradise or you can go back and bring people back with you. As you can imagine, it is so much more fun when everyone gets to come. Everyone, you ask? Oh, yes. Everyone can come if they want to. Both places are happening at the same time, earth and paradise. Both places run on love and regard. But on earth, you can pick to be alone. Here, you've been getting prepared all along on earth to be with others. And it's awesome all the time. So I can still have this later, you ask? Oh, sure, says God. It's always here. It's a place prepared for you. This place overlaps the place on earth. And love is the fuel, of course. It feels exponentially better the more love you add. Remember the euphoria thing I was mentioning earlier? Mm-hmm. So the more you love, the better it is. I, I get that. But how will anybody understand what this is if I try to tell them, you ask? God shrugs. Eh, it's a tricky one. There's a lot of confusion on earth. Pain, suffering, love doesn't seem real sometimes. It might not be as simple as, hey, just tell them I love them, you know. You could tell them that, of course, but only some people will really hear you. You nod. God continues. Um, tell them by loving them yourself. Keep telling them and showing them until they completely understand deep inside. Until love is the reality. When they arrive here, they'll get the same choice you're getting. This is how it works. Someone told you about love who was once given the choice you're being given now. They followed the breadcrumb path of love for a long time, even through suffering and the troubles and joys of their lifetime on earth. And they sensed the reality of it, of love, the other way the sturdiness of it, the world within the world. You figured out enough about love to share it in real ways with others. This process continues more and more deeply until the reality of this world becomes more real than the one on earth. Then we come into a new earth. The old one passes away. 
you think to yourself, that sounds like a hard job. I bet no one will believe me. They'll think I'm soft or just like a religious nut. Actually, you could even get killed, says God. You realize that God knows your thoughts and you feel a little embarrassed that this idea didn't occur to you until now. God nods and smiles. That's totally okay. But like I was saying, many people have been killed on earth because their message that came from me felt threatening or offended people. But the message and the enacting of it has also brought great healing and hope to the earth too. Yes, it's risky. Totally. If I leave paradise and encounter all the distraction of earth, won't I start to think this was all a dream and forget what's waiting here? And how am I supposed to bring people back? You wonder aloud this time. God answers you. If you follow all the breadcrumbs, you'll find your way back. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the doors will open. You will see the breadcrumbs of love everywhere you look. Once you open your eyes, you will see them in songs and in art and in the animals and the plants that are translucent with it. You will see them in the mothers sacrificing for their children, even from their very bodies. You will see it in the eyes of people who are loving others well and admitting their weaknesses and putting others before their own selfishness. These people aren't looking for attention. You must look harder to find them. You will know them by the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These people come from unexpected places sometimes. They will give hope, encouragement, added strength to your quest. Leave breadcrumbs of love for others. Leave them everywhere. Eventually, this bread of life will be all over for people to eat. Once they eat of it, they will never be hungry again. This love is the bread of life. So the question hangs now, so heavy in the air. Would you like to have everything you ever wanted in a world you make from scratch, alone? Or would you like to bring back as many people with you as you can to celebrate? Leave the breadcrumbs of love. I'll see you later at the party. If you appreciate this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you listening.